listening to the Word Alive International Outreach Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, visit wordalive.org. This week's sermon comes to you from our special guest, Andy Jenkins. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, some of you have been waiting for a miracle, right? And it, it hadn't come. And you've really been wondering, like, where, well, where is it or, or what happened? And, and it was really this kind of this crisis of belief for me, not, not in this crisis of, oh, I'm going to give up my faith and I'm going to quit and all this, but, but really kind of this moment of what's really going on here when the Bible says Jesus healed everyone, right? I mean, that's what it says. It didn't say he healed these few and then he left these out. And we've tried to rationalize that and create all these theologies to explain, well, why isn't everyone healed and what must have passed away? Well, no, it didn't. It just works for certain people, but not other people. And you can get it if you have enough faith and you can get it if the right person lays hands on you, or if you say the right kind of prayer with the right kind of ending in Jesus name, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's still, it's not everyone's healed. Yet Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than I do because I go to the Father. And so it's been this thing for me. I go, what, what, what happens? What, why not? And so here, here's what I'm saying, and here's what I'm going to talk about today, okay? And when you leave, this is the idea that I want you to have. So, like, you could get this idea, and you could, you could leave right now and beat us all to lunch. Okay? Miracle or no miracle, your healing starts right now. And I know that just trips some of you up. <laughs> some of you go, well, he doesn't believe in miracles. And some of you go, well, well he does, but I think, wait, where is it? No, I'm going to explain it. Miracle or no miracle, your healing starts when? It starts now. Starts now. now, let me let me back up. I am so honored to be here, like standing right here. My wife and I, we had, she's coaching me. My, yeah, yeah. You would have been jumping up here and go, that's that, <laughs> I get the first lady after you. I tell you this, I am so honored to be up here. I wanted to come visit your church really for, for years. The problem was I could never do it because I was working in another church and we always had these other obligations and it just never really worked out. And it was about four or five years ago, I had a friend whose father died and they had the visitation for the funeral that was gonna happen on a Monday. They had the visitation on a Sunday in Anniston. And I remember I, we'd drive by, you know, we'd be on the highway, we'd see your church and we're going by the highway on the way from Six Flags or something. And, you know, I'd tell my wife little, you know, just little snippets of, hey, you know, that's a great church. Like they do this thing and that thing. And, you know, and drive by, you know, people get healed there and drive by another time. Like, I mean, you know, like they've had some really big shot guys speak there. Like, can you, I mean, you've got an amazing guy that speaks here just about every week that kind of runs the house. But, I mean, you guys have had some, you, you've had like some major league sluggers. You had one last week. They, you know, they, they have like guys, like guys that are on TV go there and they preach. <laughs> like, I, I really wanted to come see it sometime. And it just so happened that that funeral visitation was at a two o'clock on a Sunday, which meant, hey, we could drive up there with some friends. We could eat lunch before the funeral, which meant, hey, if we time it, like we could come to church before any of that happens. And so like that became the excuse to come up here and to be able to make it. And so I remember like we're coming in here. I thought, man, you know, that'd be cool if I could meet the guy that kind of does the thing, you know, like, but you don't think that's ever going to happen because you got, I mean, yeah, yeah, you have chairs stacked on chairs on top of chairs on top of chairs in here. Right. And I remember walking in and like, Kent's so accessible, you know, a lot of big guys, like they kind of hide out and they you know, you can't get to them. Like he was out there in the lobby, like he's just walking around glad handing everybody and hugging everybody, you know, and every, it's like one big thing. And like, he's right there. And I thought, I'm going to set my phone down because if it buzzes, it's going to drive me nuts. So I'm going to set it right there, face down. And I just remember, you know, it was like Kent calling to check. Hey, don't, don't mess it up. No. <laughs> he's probably asleep, right? Two hours. He's, uh, oh, he's, wa- oh, he's watching. Which camera is he on? Which, <laughs> is it that one? Hey, Kent. <laughs> Still standing, haven't brought it down yet. All right. So I, I couldn't get to him because there's kind of a crowd, you know, and I've got a lot of kids and I'm wrangling. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe another time. Like we were just here because we, we just wanted to get in the house. 
There's this video that we watched a long time ago, and I'm gonna warn you, this is gonna be a long introduction, okay? We watched this video a long time ago, and Bill Johnson in Bethel Church in Redding, California, he says, like, if you're wanting to be somewhere near the Spirit of God, the easiest thing that you can do is find a place where the Spirit of God is moving and where He's alive and He's there and it's thriving, and people invite this in, and just get there and just get close. And when you get close to the environment, like, it's gonna rub off on you. And so like, we, we'd kind of thought, well, we'd just, we'd just get close and we'd just see it. So I remember we filed in, we got here early because we, you know, we were visiting, we didn't, you know, we didn't get here late. Like, you know, members get here late, right? Regular people get here late. <laughs> and and I, I remember I, I was sitting like right here, either where the gentleman in the blue shirt is with the amazing beard right there, right there. Or I was, I was, sitting, I was sitting next, this, this is a great picture right there, guys. No, it is. Like, this is an amazing picture. We've got, you know, a black man and a white guy, and you guys look totally different. And, but in the kingdom, it's like, that's a great seat to be in. That's an incredible place to be. I was sitting right there in one of your seats, and my wife was sitting in the other one. And I remember at the end of the service, Kent got down and he goes, he's going to pray for some people, you know? And so he, I don't even think he used the stairs. Like I think he jumped and he goes in and he prays. And then he goes up to the balcony and he prays for somebody. They get healed of a back thing. And then he goes over, he's over here. And then he gets like in the middle right there and he turns and he locks eyes with me. Okay. Remember, I just wanted to get in the house. Oh, that'd be great if I could meet the guy that kind of runs it. And it, here's, here's how I met him. Okay. Truth in the middle of the end of the service, he locks eyes with me and he walks over there and starts saying some things of encouragement. And, and then he says like, wait, I know you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you don't know me. I mean, I'm not, not really like that. But I'm, I'm thinking, we, we don't know each other. Like, I've, I've wanted to meet you, and I've wanted to come see this place and see some of the things that you guys do that are outright amazing, but I've, I've never met him is what I'm thinking. And he's like, are you sure we haven't met? And I'm like, no, we, we haven't met. And this is here in front of everybody, and it's on the TV, you know, in front of everybody. It's like, you know, like, talk about not putting the vista on the spot, you know. <laughs> but so, like, we're having a conversation. Are we sure we don't know each other? I'm sure we don't know each other. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I've wanted to meet you, but now we, I mean, but here it is, like, I guess the Lord arranged it. And so afterwards, you know, Christy and I were laying in bed that night talking. When you got a lot of kids, that's the only time you can talk. It's <laughs> when they go to bed. And we're trying to figure out, like, what, what was that? Like, what is that? Like, how, how, did, how did Kent not know if we'd met or not met? Or, you know, how does a guy that's so on in the spirit, like, how could he miss, like, do we know each other? Do we not know each other? Do we know each other? Do we not know each other? Do we? Do, do we not? What? And here's, here's what the Lord just spoke to my heart. And this is what I think is totally true. is like, in the spirit, like, we already knew each other. And I've told him that. I was sitting with him in the food court connection thing out there a couple weeks ago. And I said, you know, I remember that story. I remember, and here's what I think happened. It's just, you know, you're, you're, you're a guy that's like, like, you're where I want to be. Like, you're like 15 years ahead. You know, and my prayer is that like in 15 years, like I hear the Lord that clearly and I'm walking in that freedom. And, you know, and there's guys like you that come ahead to where we can see, hey, like certain things are possible that we wouldn't have even thought are possible. And in fact, at the end of the message today, I'm going to actually land the plane with the story of something that he taught me and show you. And so I am so honored to be here. I, I'd never thought, you know, we'll never make it to that church and much less never thought, you know, I'm going to meet the guy. Never thought and to be here up on the stage. And so, but we are. And so here we are. And we've got this great trust to really share some things with you. And, and I really believe today, miracle or no miracle, your healing is absolutely going to start right now, right now. That's a picture of my wife right there. She's on the front row right here. She's absolutely incredible. Um, this is another picture of her right here. We were at a convention for business um, a couple months ago. And this is a table of ours where we got some books and things for sale and people come up and, and people that know us kind of know that even like in the business world that we're involved with, that there's this really high faith element. 
and that we'll pray for people. And that like, if we're leading a business workshop, we'll pray for people and, and that we believe that miracles happen. And we've seen miracles happen in our own life and our family's life. We've seen that with other people. We've prayed for them, like real legit, like, you know, miracle things like Jesus did and the disciples did. And that some of you have done and that some of you have seen and that some of you are actually going to see like today and this week and as a ripple effect of what you learn today. Some of you have, have experienced that. And so people routinely come up. And so there's this lady comes up to her while we're right there. And Christy's got the books. I'm talking to someone and this lady's there and Christy just reaches over. She didn't even know I took that picture. She probably doesn't even know I have it. And it's a beautiful picture because it's just in the moment of just kind of spontaneously being present. She reaches out and she prays for someone. And I, I love the like top there where the lady's like lays her hand on her hand that's laying hands on her. Like it's just this intimate moment where the father can do anything that he wants to, anytime that he wants to, any place that you are. Because like that song, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift my hands till I reach heaven. I mean, like heaven's like right here. Like if, if you just kind of get them out of your pocket, like you got it, like it's, it's there. Like, you, you know, some of you, you don't have the strength to, cause you're weighted by so much. It's like, if you can just, you, you've got it. And so these moments like this happen all the time. And, and here's why I, I share this because what happened because of that is something that happened because of you guys. So I'm in a staff kind of lunch type thing out there in the connection a couple weeks ago. And I'm sitting there and we're kind of talking about some things you guys are wanting to do with online things and classes. And, um, and I wore the shirt today, like I was running this morning and I had a suit planned, which doesn't look like it would have gone on well here at all. It's like, you know, I really felt like the word kind of jacked up my wardrobe this morning. So no, no, go get that t-shirt. And, um, because it's, it's like, I don't even think about it. Like it's freedom. It's, that's, your, that's like your call signal, right? Like that's your thing. Okay, healing's kind of my, my thing. We were actually, we were talking about empowerment that day. You know, it was all Jesus. And so Matt's sitting there, and evidently, if you're a first-time visitor, if you're a first-time visitor, here's what you need to do. We're still in the introduction, by the way. But I'm going to talk really fast when we get to the material, okay? So here's what you need to do. There's a connection card right there. And if you'll fill out your name and write your cell phone number, and maybe your email address might be there. Here's what's going to happen. Nobody's going to show up at your house. Matt explained this to me. Here's what he started doing, okay? Visitors, first-time visitors, not going to single you out. Please try this. Members, don't do this. Don't overwhelm the system, okay? Here's what he does. Is he will get the cell phone. I've got one right here. He will get his, and he will get the video out, and he will send you a message and say something like, hey, I'm Matt Hobson. I'm at Word Alive. You filled out this connection card. We're so glad that you came. You know, I think the Lord's going to have an amazing week for me. Sometimes the Lord will even give him something for you and he'll impart it. And I said, well, how's that going? And he says, well, people like text back, like complete strangers. Like I'm a stranger there. And they text back and say, hey, pray for me. I got a job interview this week. Okay. Praying for you. Text back. Boom. I got the job. You know, all this amazing stuff. And I thought, I thought, man, if somebody can do that with people visiting the church and, and like, first it was a testament to Kent who's watching that Kent didn't have to be the guy on the video. Like he would empower somebody and say, hey, yeah, do it, run with it, have that idea, have that freedom. But I thought, okay, so he does this. So I'm thinking, huh, I bet you can do this with prayer. So <laughs> Christy is at that story, at that convention. And, you know, I reached down, I shoot the picture of her snap. She's got it. And then this lady walks up that probably wanted to get to her, but couldn't because she's talking. And so she comes to me and she says, Hey, my husband has stage four cancer. Will you pray for him? And what she meant was, will you like put him on your prayer list? And I just thought that never works because like, I, I mean, I'm busy. Like I'll, I'll forget, you know, like the prayer works, but let's, let's do it right now. Like right here. And so she thought, okay, all right, let's do it right now. And I said, and I said, give me your cell phone. And she said, what? You know, it's like, give me your cell phone. Like, yeah, I mean, give me, give me your phone. And so I, she gave it to me. I, I put it right there. I put it on like the selfie video mode. I said, come here, put it beside her. We stood right there. And I started praying for this guy. 
And, and it was simple, you know, and the Lord gave us some words for him that there's no way like we would have known unless it was just the father speaking in the moment. And so I thought, well, that's done. And she goes, well, well, why did you do that? And I thought, well, and she was real happy that we did it. You know, she's crying, all this kind of, we thought, well, here's what, here's the deal. Because if I pray for you out loud right now, it's powerful. I mean, Jesus did these long distance miracle things all the time, but then you're going to be like calling him and you're going to be at home and you're like, honey, this guy prayed for you and here's kind of what he said, you know, and you're going to kind of forget. But if like we captured on video, you can send it to him right now. He can see me, he can see you. And then you guys can play that thing as many times as you want. And so now get it. I never thought of it till I'm in this house and get the idea from the freedom that comes from someone else, a brother in the house, okay? So here's, here's what happens. She missed a webinar we had on healing. I'm gonna invite you to one of those in the middle of the message today. Dear Andy, I'm so sorry you missed the webinar. Is there any way to hear an audio recording or get a transcript of what was taught? She just wants the information. Next slide is PS. I saw you convention this year, ask you to pray for my husband, Carl, who's battling stage four melanoma. At that time, he was in a wheelchair, totally on feeding tube nutrition. In the past three weeks, he's regained his ability to walk independently. Three days ago, his ability to taste regular food and like it. It all came back. That came from something, an idea that came inside this house. I'm telling you, like the guys that are sitting right there in the middle, like you guys are in the right place at the right time. That's a magic seat right there. <laughs> but all of you, this is an incredible place. There's freedom, there's the spirit, there's, there's men and women together who not labor to, to find out what the Lord wants to do, but, but really just at the sense of, okay, let's listen and whatever he says to do, we're gonna do it. And let's figure it out together and let's walk it together and let's learn from each other. It's, it's an amazing, so I'm so honored just to be standing around. major respect for your husband and for what you and him have put together here. I mean, who would have known, you know, you see the pictures on the wall back there in the office. I mean, who knew except for the mind and heart of the Lord, you know, he knew. So, um, today I'm charged with giving you kind of a snippet, a short introduction. Like the goal of today is to give you some tools you can use for health, for healing, for wholeness. And then also my hope is that you walk out of here supercharged about what the Lord can do, what he's already achieved. Jesus has been far more successful than we've ever thought. And so you just grab onto that and reach out and you snap the hem of his garment and you walk in it today. And I want you to walk and like come back in two weeks because we're going to be doing this healing workshop here on the 10th. And there's nobody playing football that day, any game that's worth anything. I've already looked at the schedule. I, ch I, checked, before I, I checked before I agreed to come. Okay, like we're roll tied. Some of you aren't, You're the, but I mean, I already, already checked that. Okay, so um, here's me about three years ago. I'm 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I remember, now this is kind of the moment of truth is this picture right here. We are in Hawaii. That's a picture that we shot right there. I'd cut my hair for the trip. And I remember that we are in this hotel room and I'm getting ready. My wife is already kind of halfway ready to go to this event that we had to go to that night. And, and I, I literally like, I remember stepping out of the shower and I turned to the right and there's a full length mirror right there. And, our, and so like some of you know where this is going. Like, you know, if you want to get honest with yourself and get a gut check, you just go look at yourself naked, full length in a mirror. <laughs> so, some of you won't do it. You got, you, know, you got some guys in here, they're like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, so I'm there and I, she's kind of in the other room and I'm like, hey, I need to lose a little bit of weight, don't I? Okay, this is like the guy equivalent of when your wife walks out of the closet and she's like, do I look fat in this? And you're like, um, no, yeah, wait. I, I, I'm not answering. So I, I'd, I'd known for years, like things weren't right. Like I, I'd known for years, like I was, I was feeling sick. I was feeling run down. I was feeling tired. I'm gonna show you a list of, of everything that was going on in just a second. Like I knew things were just kind of jacked up. And 
my wife would always say, hey, like, um, she'd give me these little subtle hints. I'm like, hey, do you want to you see how much you weigh? We'd kind of be walking by the, the, the scale in the bathroom. It's like, no, I'm good. But I'm thinking, I'm going to break it, you know? She would um, say things like, hey, because I would be coming back from Starbucks. And I was drinking at the time. Now, now catch this. I was drinking two venti. That's the 20-ounce white chocolate mochas. Add caramel to it. Two a day. That's 720 calories per drink. Plus, every time I did it, I was getting a donut and or a cinnamon roll. I was... <laughs> Here's what's funny. is like the women are going... <gasps> and some of the guys are going, yeah, I do that. <laughs> you know, there's... <laughs> 2,000 calories a day just from Starbucks. Like the, the daily recommended thing for a guy that's like my size or the size I should have been is only about 2,000 calories. I'm pounding it out like when two trips. And she'd say things like, hey, do you think like you might be drinking all of your calories? Or, you know, like that's a steak only has like 400 calories. You know, I could have eaten two T-bones for the price of one white chocolate mocha. And I would just kind of avoid it. But like in that moment, I was ready to hear it. And so um, I asked her, hey, do you think I need to lose a little bit of weight? And she, she says, catch this. She doesn't go, no, no, honey, you're fine. You know, no, let me mind you, like I'm naked in front of a full-length mirror. So like she's kind of in the other room. It didn't matter, we're married. She's kind of in the other room. And like I'm there, you know, I can kind of see myself. And she's like, um, yeah, you, you could stand to lose a little bit. So I was like, what, like five or 10 pounds? And she goes, um, may, maybe a little more. I was like, so like 15? Um, may, maybe 20? Well, you might, 25? And so we do this in five pound increments all the way until she's like, she agrees that I could stand to lose 30 or 35 pounds. And I thought like, it was just this moment where sometimes as couples, yeah, I mean, you know, like guys, guys are going to agree with this. Women, you're going to be driving in the car and then you're going to figure it out this afternoon. Like there are certain times when you're talking as a couple and you or she can say things that normally would be a fight. But then there's other times when you say them and you're like, it's like, it's just the right time to hear it. And you hear it and you're going to work on it and you're going to do it. Right. This was just the right time. Like I knew she's saying it's Jesus. It probably was. It was a big deal because. I mean, instantly, I knew we were going to be on that trip for like two more nights. And so I told her, I was like, you know what? We're going to be here for two more nights. And we've got all these things to go eat at. I know it's going to be like lots of food. So here's what I'm going to do. As soon as we hit the tarmac with the airplane going home, I'm starting, I'm changing what I'm eating. Like right there, like that was the trigger. Like that morning I'm getting up, I'm going to run. I mean, I, would, I could go run six, eight, 10 miles back then when I was overweight. But like, I'm going to make the changes I need to make where I can actually be healthy. Now, let me be very honest. I wasn't trying to learn anything about healing. I wasn't trying to learn anything about natural health. I wasn't trying to learn anything about miracles, though we had seen them. I'm just trying to lose weight because when I got out of the bathroom, out of the shower, and looked at myself in the mirror, I looked like not like what I knew I could look like. Just leave it like that. All right, so here's, here's what was going on with me. Okay, I'm 50 pounds overweight, have no energy whatsoever. I'm going to go through this really quickly. I couldn't sleep through the night because I had to get up and go to the restroom like every two or three hours in the middle of the night. Because of that, during the day, I was tired. I was exhausted. I could crash at any time. I'd go to a lunch meeting at work, come home, or go to the office, back to this couch that I had in my office where I'd sit there and kind of go and do some paperwork or be sitting in meetings. I would just be like, oh, gosh, like I can't stay awake. It was because of what was going on the night before. Had, like, we were kind of family, so I just tell you, like, I had digestive issues. Like, every time I would use the bathroom, like, number two, I'd have blood. That's, you know, maybe some of you do, like, that's not normal, right? That's not, like, that's not how, how things are supposed to Shortness of breath. I could go run, but, like, just through the day, I would have just this exhaustion. I couldn't lose weight, and I mean... I say regardless of how much I exercise, it was because of what I was eating and all those white chocolate mochas and things like that. Here's one of the biggest ones. I had these creaking bones. I'd get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom a couple of times. And when I get up, like I'd have to hang on to the side of the bed, like I couldn't walk. 
So it's, it's like my wife says, it's like I had arthritis, but I really didn't have it. It happened at night and I couldn't move. Like I'm like shaken and she's actually nervous because she has a snapshot of what I would be like when I was 70 or 80 years old. And she's thinking he's so heavy and he's so out of shape. I can't hold him up. She's small. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to take care of him when he gets older. And like, this is a legitimate concern that's going on. And I tell you, like, I was aging because of all of this way, way too fast. Now, I had rationalized, I told myself, it's because I just flipped like the clock there, you know, 40. And I actually even told her, like, all this is because, (laughs) how many guys have done this? It's because I'm 40. Like, I just turned 40. And when you turn 40, like, you just fall apart right? I mean, some of you are going, yeah, you do. Like, so, I mean, if, if, if you're a woman and you're sitting next to any guy, husband, boyfriend, random guy, first time visitor that's going to get texted by Matt, just hit that guy and say, that's not true. Okay. You don't fall apart because you reach 30 or 40 or 60. I mean, when you look in the Bible, there's no precedent for that whatsoever. Okay. There is no age thing where you actually fall apart. So like you look at the screen right there, Moses is called by God when he's how old? He's 80. Caleb leads the children of Israel into the promised land with Joshua and they're fighting. And after all the fighting's done, Caleb goes up to Joshua and he says, hey, he's 85, by the way. Moses said I could have that mountain right there. Like he gave me that for my inheritance. And so if if you don't need me, then just give me the word and I'm going. I don't need your help. I don't need your troops. You say the word and I'm going. I'm going to go take my mountain. How many 85-year-old guys do you know going and picking fights? As warriors, Abraham, the father of your faith, my faith, he's called by God when he's 75 years old. He has two kids in old age, right? The second one he has when he's 100. Sarah is nine years younger than Abraham, and she is, she is like um, slid into the harem of a pharaoh and a king, once because Abraham lied, once when she's in her 60s, once when she's in her 70s. How many 65, 70-year-old women are kings going and trying to pick up? <laughs> what, what does it teach you? What does it show you? It shows you like that age thing's probably just a number. And here's the reality. I did not flip a switch when I turned 40 and lose my health and lose my wellness. I did not. Like, in fact, I actually charted it and looked at it. Here's, here's my weight for the first 15, 16 years of marriage. Um, you can see where I started there on the far end. Um, on the left, I, I weighed about 175. That's about what I weigh right now. And, I mean, you know, it kind of goes up and, you know, a little bit within a couple pounds. And so I, I'm there, and I gained, look, look back at this in retrospect, I gained a quarter of a pound a month for 15-plus years. That's how I got out of shape, was a quarter of a pound a month. Like a quarter of a pound is how much a couple of pieces of paper weigh. It is unnoticeable from this month to the next month to six months or even a year from now, it's unnoticeable. It's so slight that it's unnoticeable from now until two or three years from now. But if you continue in that trajectory, like over time, I mean, you saw the picture that you saw of me where it looks like two different people, right? Anybody been there? Like maybe not in in health, but maybe in a relationship or maybe in kind of your faith journey with God or maybe in some kind of other area of business or maybe in the relationship with your kids, right? That's kind of my story. Let me show you what I've learned about it. And we're going to start getting into the Bible. When healing and health happens, healing and health, they really help everybody see the presence and power of the kingdom. Do you get that? Like healing, the miracle itself, helps people see the kingdom of God. At the same time, when you see health and vitality, you also see the presence of the kingdom and you see what you were designed for and you see what your ultimate destiny is. And you don't have to wait for that to come. That healing, miracle or no miracle, that healing can actually happen and start now. This is why when Jesus is sending out the disciples, he says things like this. You guys know this verse. He says, heal 
And then when you heal, say the kingdom of God is, it's here. It's not coming, it's here. It's not off in the future, it's now. But, but here's what I'm saying is like, this isn't just something that Jesus came and did and hit a reset button because of sin. This is something that you were actually created for. This is how God had it for us way back in the very beginning. In fact, in Genesis chapter one, you go back to the beginning, Genesis 1:29. God looks at Adam, he looks at Eve, they're there. And he says this, you guys know this verse, right? God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree with fruit, with seed in it. They will be yours for, what does it say? They will be yours for food. I always thought that was it too. I mean, I mean that, that is it in the English language, but when you look in the Hebrew language that that was written in, it says, every seed bearing plant I give you, they will be yours for the Hebrew word although it doesn't really transliterate into English letters, it's, it's really, we would just translate and say, okla. Every seed-bearing plant I give you for okla. Here's what okla means. It means food. Every seed-bearing plant I give you, God says in the beginning, in Genesis chapter one, when they're created and all creation is perfect, it's pure, it's beautiful, there's no chaos, there's no destruction, there's no sin, there's no, nothing wrong. It's all incredibly beautiful. And this is a time when they're walking in absolute total intimacy with him, remember? Every seed-bearing plant I give you for okla, which means food, it also means, now catch this, it means medicines and items for healing. Every seed-bearing plant I give you so that you can feed yourself and so you can also walk in health, so that you can be healed. Like this was the design in the beginning of creation. All through history, like people have known this. In fact, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, he actually said something like this, let food be your medicine, let medicine be your food. Like it really makes you think questions like, okay, if my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, like if this is the container that the Spirit dwells in. Like, and, and like that's serious, right? Because like this is where the Holy Spirit resides. Okay, and the strongest part of me is my spirit, right? Not my body. And, and God's got an incredible design for me and for my spirit and for my soul and an amazing destiny for you and for your soul and for your spirit. But it's all contained in the body, right? And like Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, it's by grace you're saved, not anything that you've done. But it says God saved you so that, now get this, so that, just look it up, it's just Bible 101, so that you could walk in the amazing works that he's foreordained for you to do. Like he saved you not by your works, but he saved you for these incredible works. And your body is the container of that soul and that spirit that's going to do those amazing things. But you can't do those amazing things, can you? Like if, if you're sick on the couch, right? Like we need you to be healed because there's a big mantle on this church. Okay, this city needs you to be healed because you've got something, not that you bring to this church, but something that you bring to these schools and to these businesses and to the firemen and the policemen and something that you bring to the public servants and something that you bring to everyone that you meet on the street every single day, like your neighbors, you bring something amazing that they're not gonna get if you're sick because your spirit is so powerful and strong, yet it's in your body. Your body contains it, and, and your spirit is not going to be able to outrun your body, at least in, while you're here until you die, right? Like, we need you. The kingdom needs you, and we need you well, right? Jesus came so that you'd be well. You were created. You were designed at the beginning to be well. And so you see verses like this, like, let food be your medicine, medicine be your food. You go into the grocery store, and they have this section that says health food. It's like that small. What does it mean about the 95% of the other store that you got to tiptoe through to get to? And they go, oh, you're one of those health food people. You're like, what is all this? Like trash food? Okay, I didn't mean to step on toes on that. Like that. So the women are liking it. The guys are like, it's football season. Like, I need a, I need a reprieve. Okay. Question. Why, why, why is there healing available in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Because I just showed you Genesis chapter 1. This is before sin. 
This is before destruction. This is before illness. This is before disease. Before any of that enters into the equation, God says, I've given you every seed-bearing plant for food, and I've given it to you for healing. Why would he do that? And I always thought, I know what some of you are thinking, I always thought, well, God was so smart, our Heavenly Father was so brilliant, that he, he knew, like he knew that we're going to mess up. He knew that we're going to mess up. And that's why Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Like he knew we we're going to mess up. And so he put this in the garden so that when we messed up, like it would already be there. And I thought, well, that sounds good. Like that's a good enough reason for me. Yeah, he knew. Here's the only problem with the he knew in advance argument, though I do think that he knew in advance. Obviously he did. Um, when you look into heaven, you see some interesting things in heaven. Okay, so Ezekiel's one of the prophets that saw heaven, right? So you have several guys that saw heaven before it was time and, and, and wrote about it. Probably other people saw it, but um, John the apostle, Jesus' kind of guy that he entrusted to keep his mom, that went to the Isle of Patmos and wrote the book of Revelation. In Revelation, sees heaven. Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 um, sees the Lord high and lifted up and the robe and the train fills the temple. He saw heaven. And we know that among other people, Jesus um, at the transfiguration probably stepped into heaven with Elijah and Moses. So Peter might have seen heaven. We also know that Ezekiel saw heaven, right? Okay, and so in Ezekiel 47, 12, he actually sees heaven and he sees the tree of life right there inside of heaven. And I want you to notice this right here. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Here's what some translations actually say, okay? The leaves of that tree are for the okla, for the food and for the healing of the nation's in heaven. And so you look at it and you go, okay, like major scratching my head on this thinking, we're designed to be well, right? God <laughs> designed you, created you to be healthy, to be whole, to have a spirit that's alive, a soul and a mind that taps into him and hears him and funnels out the chaos of the world and aligns perfectly with what he says you have the mind of Christ. And you're designed to have a body that is strong, that can do the calling that he has, that is amazing and is incredible for every single one of you. And th those things all fit together, right? Why was healing available in the Garden of Eden before sin, before chaos, for destruction? Why was sin and why was healing available in heaven after all of those things are taken care of? And, and here's kind of part of what I get with it. And maybe we'll answer the question in the next five minutes, okay? One pastor says this, he says, God's perfect will is not to heal you. His perfect will is that you would be so incredibly well that you would never get sick. Now you see that? Maybe this taps into why there's healing in the garden. Maybe it taps into why at the end of the story, there's healing in heaven. Maybe in the middle of the story, wherever we're at, like some of you think we're like getting close to heaven. Some of you think, well, there's still a long time. Whatever, whatever. we could agree that like right now it's better if we're well. And, and maybe right now his perfect will is that we are so well that you actually don't need the miracle. And when you do, the kingdom is near and it breaks in. But when you don't, like you're so well that it's just kind of, you're just kind of cruising through doing your thing. And some of you are saying, well, I'm thoroughly confused, like you're talking in circles. I know. Let me ask you another question. I just put it up on their screen right there. Which one of Jesus' healing encounters in the New Testament were not miracles? So if I ask you, and you just, you know, give me an honest answer. Hey, which one of, Scott, you're actually thinking about it, aren't you? Like you're going, okay, I'm, you're, you're shuffling through the blind man, the lame man, the, you know, the paralytic, thinking through the woman, you know, with the flow of blood, thinking through, okay, that was a miracle, miracle, miracle. I, I don't know. <laughs> which one of the things that he did weren't actually miracles? Let me, let me show you from the Bible. And, and I consequently, I, I think they're all miracles. There's two words in the New Testament for healing. There's three, actually. I'm going to teach you two of them real quick. One of the words for healing is this. It is Iomai. Everybody say that out loud with me. 
Iomai. Okay, if, if you don't think you're saying it right, just say it really loud and confidently, and everybody around you will just follow you. They don't know either. Iomai. It means instantaneous, miraculous healing. It appears 30 times in the New Testament. It is the inbreaking of the kingdom. It happens spontaneously in the moment. It happens now, and you see it when the layman is there, like y'all been talking about here for the last couple weeks, and Jesus says, hey, you want to be healed? Rise up and walk. That's an Iomai. It happens when the paralytic is dropped through the ceiling. Jesus forgives his sins and says, get up, take up your mat and leave. It happens when Jesus, he's a blind man and he says, your eyes are open. You now see. It happens when he sees uh, anybody else that's mute and can't speak. And he says, speak. Someone that can't hear and he touches their ears and says, hear a dead man. And he says, get up and come to life. That is an Iomai. It is instantaneous, spontaneous, happens in the moment. And many of you have seen it. I've seen it. My sister had this out of whack heart arrhythmia. Worst case scenario. She goes to the specialist. We're supposed to go back like six weeks later and see how things are and like what the surgical options are and all this. My dad prays for her. He's Baptist, by the way. He prays for her. Um, he's not even sure like that healing actually happens yet. Ironically, like I think he's got the gift, okay? And so he's an incredible, incredible, amazing guy. He prays. They go back to the doctor. He checks the chart. He's like, it's perfect. It's a miracle. It's an example of an Iomai. Okay, my brother, he's in the backyard. Something about our family. He's in the backyard. He basically gouges his eye. He can't see. We go to the eye doctor, and the eye doctor says, I don't know that he's actually ever going to be able to use that eye again. So they put a patch on it. We're supposed to go back in like two to three weeks. My mom and dad pray for him, take him back. They take him back to the physician. The physician pulls off the patch of his eye, and he's like, it's a brand new eye. It's an example of an eye may eye. It happens. Okay, We're, we've got a friend that's like back when I used to pastor a church, had a friend and his mom had cancer, was all over her whole torso. And so I call her and I say, hey, um, you know, we have this prayer time before the service like, like you guys do, except for like you guys pray and it's like thunder. Okay, like you guys pray the paint off the wall and pray the carpet off the building. And, you know, it's like you guys pray like heaven just kind of falls. Like, you know, ours, we, were, we were strong, but not that strong. It's like Olympic level that you guys do. And so I called her and said, we have this prayer time for the service. If you come, like, we'll just lay hands on you and pray for you if you're cool with that. And she says, I'll come. So she comes. And so I'm there, and I'm like, well, I'm going to teach everybody how to pray for healing. And so, you know, hear a few things from the Lord, and we start praying. And I just kind of coach everybody through it. And she goes to the doctor the next day, and she is completely well. And so I call her up. I call her up on the phone. I was like, hey, I saw you got, like, you're well, you're healed. And she says, yes. And I'm thinking, man, I did a great job. <laughs> like, that was amazing. And here's what she says. She says, yes, I remember your daughter, Ivy, who was like seven at the time. All I remember is Ivy standing in front of me, like, with her hands on my knees, which was kind of like this because Ivy was so short, still is. And she said, I remember Ivy just saying, heal her, Lord, heal her. And I knew and heard Ivy's words that she was healed. She knew, Ivy's actually two for two because I was telling that story to one woman one time and she starts crying. She's like, I've got cancer too. Can Ivy lay hands on me and pray for me? And I said, yeah, of course. And so I got her and she prayed and we get an email like two days later, the email comes to our inbox and Christy gets it and said, that lady's well, like she's healed. Okay, that, that is an Iomai. That happens instantaneously. Sometimes you can't explain it. The kingdom just falls. There's another word for healing in the Bible, too, in the New Testament, therapuo. Everybody try that one. Therapuo. It means this. It appears more than the miracle kind of healing slightly. Meaning these two things probably actually work together. It, it means to serve, to attend to, to wait upon menially, even to teach how to be well. It happens intentionally. It happens over time. It doesn't necessarily happen instantly in the moment. Do you guys want to see it in the Bible? So one of Jesus' first miracles, he goes to Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house, and she's sick with a fever. It's in Mark chapter 1. It's in Matthew chapter 8. She's probably on her deathbed. This is not just an elevated temperature. This is probably dysentery. This is not a good situation at all. And the Bible says that Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. She got up and she began to wait on him and she fed all of them. Now the word for healing is not used in that passage at all, but I think we could all agree that is an example right there of an Iomai, right? Right? 
Well, the Bible says when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus. He drove out the spirits with the word and he healed. Now, what does it say right there? He healed who? He healed all who were sick. And I'm wondering why are all not healed right now? Here's the word right there. He therapeuted all of them. He taught them all how to be well. Do you see what happens? Jesus goes, somebody's healed with a miracle. Other people come, some miracles happen, some demons leave, they flee, they run away. They have to at the name of Jesus. And he teaches people how to be well. Both. Do you see? In other words, the miracle happens and he teaches people how to walk in health, how to walk in wellness. This happens and it's not isolated, okay? And here's why it happens, because what would Jesus say? Like if he's standing there in the house, he would say something like this, like we let off the title slide. He'd say like, miracle or no miracle, guess what happens right now? Your healing starts now. So another example, Acts chapter 27, Paul's in a storm at sea. And they're getting tossed around and eventually they shipwreck on this island and they're there and Paul goes in. You guys know the story, this snake bites him, it's a viper and everybody thinks, oh, he must be cursed. He shucks off the poisonous viper into the flame. He's still well. They think he's obviously some kind of healer, miracle worker. They call him into the chief who is also laying on his deathbed. Chief Publius. And so Paul goes in there and it says, he went in to see him and after prayer, Paul placed his hands on the chief and he, Iomai, the chief. He miraculously healed the chief. So again, here's what happens. The entire city gathers together at the door. Everybody comes, the rest of the island comes. No joke. I mean, like people are hurting, right? Everybody gathers together there and guess what happens? The rest of the sick of the island came and they were all Therapeuod, two different Greek words for healing. What is happening? Healing happens, miracle or no miracle, and that healing starts now. Do you see? Some of you have been waiting on a miracle, wait on a miracle, wait on a miracle, waiting on a miracle. What are you waiting for? You see, your healing starts now. Healing starts now. And all throughout the New Testament, you see that really healing happens in two ways. Okay, so like, let's just be very practical about it. Um, can Jesus heal lung cancer? Yes. But can he teach you the ills of smoking and some of the other nonsense that we do? Absolutely. Can he Iomai it? Yes. Can he Therapeuo it? Yes. Can he cure diabetes? Yes. Can he teach you how to eat better? Yes. Can he heal an STD? Absolutely. I've seen it happen. We had a person on staff that had a very rough life and had an STD and I mean, instantly healed. He can also teach you and display the beauty of walking in true intimacy with one other person where your physical body makes the covenant that your soul and that your spirit are making with them. Do you see? He can Iomai, he could also Therapeuo. Can he heal the physical nuisances that many of you tolerate, like you know, digestive issues that are going on, back issues that are going on, shoulders that are out of whack, some of you that can't get up in the middle of the night and walk without creaking bones because you can't get to where you're going. Can he heal that instantly? Yes. And he might actually do that like right now, but he can also teach you how to walk and have instruction on how to be truly alive. Here's what medical doctors are actually saying about cancer. Now catch this. Cancer is 5 to 10%, according to doctors, genetic. It's 90 to 95% environmental. What you eat, where you go, what you do. Do you know what that means? Like you, you might, this is not uh, like, uh, it's so hard to like speak so emphatically on, on stuff because I don't want to make anyone feel belittled or harmed or, you know, any... There's so much control that we have over so many things that you and I simply tolerate every single day. Do you see? So um, let me give you some tools that'll, and, and then I'm gonna make this very, very practical, land the plane and get out of here, okay? Deal? No, actually we're gonna pray for some people and then we'll get out of here. All right. So um, my wife and I, we do some online webinars about this because I know some of you right now are going, okay, I wanna learn more about that. That's making sense. It's resonating. Um, some of you got your cell phone out. Do, if you got it, if you text the word overflow, I'm going to stay on this slide for just a quick second, and then I'm going to hop right on. I'm doing a webinar on this in a week from tomorrow, which will be the week of the healing workshop. 
And if you text that word, overflow, it's not case sensitive, anything like that, lowercase, uppercase, whatever, to the number 66866. Just put that in your 66866, type the word overflow. It's going to message you right back. And it's going to say, hey, what's up? Enter your email address, and then I'll email you right back. Do not check your email during the service, okay? Like, don't, you know, just kind of hang in. I, I should have, like, timed that to wait an hour or something. You know, Matt's going to try it and, like, go, oh, I got it right now. He's going to be doing this with the visitors, like, next, next week. You just did it, didn't you? Like you couldn't wait. <laughs> Could you? So it works though. Like you, do you have a text message back for me already? Like you're in. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, you try that. 66866, overflow. It'll message you. You can join me on the webinar. Saturday, September 10th, we're going to talk through all of this. The book is out there in, in the lobby right there. You can get it. It's, it's like 31 on Amazon. You can get it for 20 out there. That's a way better deal. So go get that. That's your ticket to get in. You got the book, you, you get in. So if you get it on Amazon, show up, all right? Um, and they'll have books. There'll be more on the day of. Very practical. Here's my list. I couldn't sleep through the night, digestive issues, shortness of breath, constantly running to the bathroom, inability to lose weight, 50 pounds over, low energy. I could crash at any time, creaking bones. Now watch this. Everybody looking at that list, it doesn't matter if you can see like all the little words on it. Here, I, I separated the list. Here's what happened. On the left are things that I think I omeyed that instantly miracle changed for me. On the right are things that therapeutic that changed over time. Instantly, like the digestive blood stuff is gone. I mean, like the first day, gone, healed. Um, some of the other things like getting up and going to the bathroom at night and all of this and gone. Uh, on the right side, the creaking bones, first week or so, therapeutic, gone. Here's other things like, man, crashing in the middle of the day over time, gone. Other things change. Like, I got smarter. Like, I mean, can you believe that? Like, my wife's like, yeah, he actually started thinking sharper. Like, you know, like, I got new skills and new doors opened up. Some of you women are, like, punching your guy going, see, I told you. Like, you need to do something. You need to, you know, uh -huh, yeah, good, honey. Sometimes healing comes as you walk it out. A lot of what I experienced on the left side, it was a direct result of the lifestyle I was living. Healing came, I think, for me as I started walking some of it out. And the wellness happened. I experienced the miracle healing and I experienced the intentionally over time type healing. The same could be true for many of you. Jesus did it. Paul did it. I'm going to show you some other things in scripture in just a second. Now, that right there, how many of you know what that is? I know we can't say because we're in a church. Okay, we're not making a political statement on it one way or the other, but what is that? That is a, that, it's a scratch off. Like you sound like a player. Okay, so that's, that's a lottery ticket. Did you, did you know that according to the people that study this stuff, 70% of the people who win a lottery are strike it big in any kind of way? within 18 months to a few years, they're going to actually be broke. Like you and I think that if we got a financial miracle, like that would solve every problem. There are guys, the NFL is like in preseason right now. There are guys playing in the NFL right now that this time last year were in college were absolutely broke. Now they have five and $6 million. And if the stats play out in two to three years, they will be back to no money at all. Because we think that this miracle happens, then all of a sudden it's done, our problems are solved forever financially. And maybe not. You go, well, what happened? Did the guy not get the financial miracle? No, he got the miracle. Did he earn the miracle? No, absolutely not. It was a gift. It fell on unless he played football. Okay, the lottery, the scratch-off winner over there. Okay, if you win the next one, like, I get a car out of it, right? Okay, so, um, or t TV or something for football. The miracle happens, the money's gone. What happened? The miracle happened, they didn't earn the miracle, but they didn't therapeutic what they had. They didn't steward and walk it out. How many of you know somebody or you yourself? A miracle happened. So, and don't raise your hand, like don't see, don't you know, go like, you know, don't. The miracle happens. I've seen it all, I've like seen it. The miracle happens, and 18 months later, two years later, like the illness, the disease is back. 
And you think, well, what happened? Was it that the miracle never occurred? And I'm saying, no, maybe the miracle occurred, but we didn't steward what we had. And, and, and maybe it's just because we didn't know to. Like we, like we didn't know that, hey, this thing comes and this is sacred trust because like your body houses the spirit and there's this amazing destiny for you, but like it can only go as far as your body can actually go. Do you see? I think in my life, before, after shot, is it possible that I could go back and gain 50 pounds and be sick and have the digestive issues and have all this and mental fog? Yeah, it's total. I mean, and I'd have the beard and all that too. I, I don't exercise and I don't eat right for the most part. I, I don't do those things so that I can earn the miracle that God did. I do them just because I want to enjoy what he did. Like he gave me something and I want to steward it and enjoy it. Do you see? It's the same way. Like my wife gets up in the morning, every morning, like she'll sit up at the end of the bed. I can't do this or I'll fall asleep. Just being honest. Like I have to do it. You know, I have to get up and walk around. She'll have her quiet time with the Lord and she'll be intimate with her heavenly father right there. And she'll talk and she'll write and he'll speak to her. She doesn't do that to earn the relationship of what Jesus did. He gave her an intimate miracle when he did something fantastic on the cross and reconciled her to himself. She does not walk out that relationship. She does not therapeuo that in order to earn the Iomai. She therapeuos it to enjoy it and to steward it. Do you see? And some of you, here's what I'm saying, is like you get a miracle, you, it's, it, it disappeared. Maybe because of the therapeuo issue. It's, it's not that you earn it. It was a gift. You just, you just steward it. And here, here's the deal. If God did it once, he could, he could just totally drop it down. And some of you is going to drop it down again today in just a minute. Here's what I'm saying. If the miracle comes, continue walking, continue walking in health to steward it, right? If the Iomai comes, continue the therapeutic, continue walking out and enjoying your destiny. What if the miracle doesn't come? We'll continue walking in health until the miracle does. Remember my story, I wasn't doing things for a miracle. I was just doing it because I looked in the mirror and I looked so bad. I was just doing it to lose weight. And as I started walking in health, some of the miracles actually dropped in and happened. Here's what I'll do for you is as you start, as you start walking in relationship with your heavenly father, you're going to see all these relational miracles that are going to drop into place, right? It happens in every area of life. As you start budgeting and start stewarding your finances, therapeuing your money, you're going to see these miracles fall into place financially that there's no way you could explain. You have already seen this. Here's what I'm saying in your health. As you start walking out the therapeuo, start walking out the health, you're going to see these miracles just fall into place as you're ready to steward them, not because you've earned them, but because your heavenly father is so incredible. Okay, so if the miracle comes, what do you do? You continue walking in health. You continue walking in health until the miracle comes, right? Walk in health until the miracle comes. The miracle comes, continue walking in health. Why? Because healing starts now. Healing starts now. Quick review and then let's pray. Healing was available before the fall. Genesis chapter one, the leaves of every seed bearing plant, I give you for food and health, healing, wholeness before sin. Sin didn't cause anything. The devil's not in control of anything. Do you get that? Like it says, go read Revelation 14. Like later on, it actually says the lamb rules hell. Like he, devil's not in charge of anything. Okay, like that's just a footnote. I don't know what that had to do with anything. I'm just saying like, the devil didn't tempt Eve, and now God's like, oh, we got to figure out this health thing. No, like he already had provision for it. He'd already designed for you to be well. So sin happens, the effects are seen. It's not just physical stuff. It's financial lack. It's self-sabotage, relational strife, chaos, emotional volatility. All this starts happening, but then Jesus comes at the cross, and forgiveness and healing in a miracle sense are available. And here's what I'll say, like maybe here's another little footnote, like his reach was so strong and is so amazing. And some of you need to hear this today, that even before the cross, what's Jesus doing? Like if I said, what makes forgiveness possible? You'd say, well, Jesus died on the cross. And if I said, well, what makes healing possible? You'd say, well, by stripes, I'm healed, right? Here's the deal. Before the cross, Jesus is healing people, right? I mean, before the cross, he's forgiven sin, Right? 
I'm like, he's stronger and his reach is so much broader than what you might have thought. Now, it all happens by Jesus and through Jesus, but I mean, he, he has been way more successful than what you thought. So now you get to choose. You can choose intimacy like my wife does every single day. The miracle happened for your forgiveness. You choose to walk it out. You can choose to enjoy that relationship or choose, choose not to. Healing happens. You can enjoy it and, and you can walk it out or you can choose not to. I think that in the future, what happens is Christ returns. There is no more sin. It's gone, but healing is still present. You are designed, you were created to walk in health and wellness. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he said this, now catch this. He said, go heal and say the kingdom of God is present. He didn't say go miracle them. Now we know they miracled people. We know that the lame got up. We know that the deaf ears were open. We know that demons fled. But what they did, he said, go teach them how to be well. Go teach them to be who I've created them to be. It didn't just happen in the book of Luke. Who was a doctor, by the way, and would know the difference? In Matthew, Jesus says, freely you've received, freely you give. Go therapeuo. Go teach the sick how to be well. And maybe here's why. Because when you get to Revelation 22.2, the leaves of the tree there, therefore for the healing, they're for the therapeuo of the nations. Like, did you realize that when the future comes, whenever it comes, you're going to choose intimacy with your heavenly father. You're not gonna be a robot. You're not gonna be there and be stuck like in this trance. Like you're gonna choose to walk with him and to talk with him and to know him and to be known by him in the same way that Adam and Eve chose to walk with him in the cool of the garden. And in the same way, like you're going to choose to be well. And like, yeah, miracles happen now and the kingdom of God happens and it falls, but you're going to choose to walk out that destiny and be exactly who you've been created to be for like all the future. So like, but what, I, what I'm saying is this, like, why, why, not, why not just start now? The miracle comes, walk in health. Walk in health until the miracle comes. Why? Because you're healing. Everything that you need starts, starts now. So here's what I'd like to do for the last few minutes before we, before we go. I would love for your band just to come back up. And um, I just take the stage. Kent told me this. I asked him one time. I said, um, like, how do you know, like, if the Lord's going to do something? And he said, sometimes you just know. Like, you just see it. Like, he shows you and you see it. And I want some of the prayer team to come on up, up here. And he said, other times, you're like, you don't know, but you know that the Holy Spirit is so desperate to minister the heart of the Father to people that if you go out on a limb, he will back you up every single time. And so some of you today, you are sick, you are tired, you are beat down, your body is broken. Some of you are riddled with digestive things. Some of you are riddled with, some of you are nervous about cancer that you may or may not have. Some of you are nervous about headaches and migraines that you've got. Some of your bodies just seem to be wearing down way too fast. And you know that there's so many more incredible years for you and that there's so much destiny ahead of you. And so here's what I give you the opportunity to do. You guys just roll in and when you get up, just play a healer song or something that you'd like to play. Doesn't matter what, we're not gonna belabor it. We're not gonna take along with it at all. But this is your moment. Like this is it. And so in a moment, I'm just gonna give you some instructions. Say, if that's you, I just want you to come down. I want you to grab someone. And these people are gonna pray with you. They're gonna release the kingdom over you. And I tell you what, if you stand up and you're hesitant about coming, they're gonna come to you and they're gonna come get you. And if they see you and think that you're a person that needs something, they're gonna come grab you and meet you where you are and pray with you right there. But don't do that, you come. Okay, and maybe it's one of you and it's not even a miracle. You're like, I don't think it's a miracle like that's not, but the Lord's given me some instruction because he's told some of you today exactly what you need to do with stuff that's going on in your mind, stuff that's going with your body. And it's not even a miracle. It's like he said, you need to take step one, two, three, and this is your moment too, whether or not it's a miracle, miracle or no miracle, healing starts now. You guys see it?
So uh, I'm going to pray just an open-eyed blessing for all of you. Father, I just pray some of you reach out your hands right here. Just And here's what some of you are going to actually feel the presence of the kingdom right there on your hands. And you're just going to know that he's near. You're going to feel like this little weight. The word for glory, it just is kabod in the Old Testament. It just means heaviness. You're going to feel him and you're going to know he's near and that he's called you. And when he calls you, just come and come and be healed. And what I'm going to do is pray for you. And then I'm going to hand this over to the first lady of the church to round this up and to take care of your house. So, Father, I thank you for all of the people in this body. I thank you for the Father that you've set over the house of freedom, this house where there's so much hope, this house where there's so much empowerment of your spirit. Some of you need to get up and you need to come on because he's calling you. Lord, I just release your healing over all of these people. I release your instruction, just your wisdom from heaven. You tell us if we lack wisdom to just ask and you give it without finding fault. For some of the people in here who don't know what the next steps are to take, I just ask on behalf of them that right now you're going to speak to their spirit and they're going to know exactly what they should do. Father, we bless them with the freedom. We bless them with healing in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. Stand to your feet. Let's go ahead and just begin to honor our Father. And, and can we just put our hands together in the midst of this for this word? And thank you for what Andrew has brought to us today. And right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that healing goes forth from this building and goes with you in the mighty name of Jesus. I know there are people right now that rotator cuffs are being healed. Digestive problems are being healed. Hips are being realigned. Your spine is straightening up. Shoulder problems are being healed in the mighty name of Jesus. People who have been struggling with severe allergies right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God is healing you and you are being set free from every bit of fear that something is going to happen to you, that you're not going to be able to afford that EpiPen that has been in all of the news. Right now, I declare that you are healed and free from that fear in the mighty name of Jesus. You are being set free from every allergy. Lord God, I ask you right now that you're beginning to open throats, breathing, respiratory systems are being healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, I ask you for safe travel for our team coming home tomorrow. I thank you that the anointing of the almighty God rests on my husband and the team, that your healing power begins to flow. Deliverance and freedom begins to manifest in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, I thank you that your blessing, your favor rests upon your congregation, your people. And Lord, even as we leave this building today, that your Holy Spirit leads and guides each one of us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Blessings and favor, blessings and favor, blessings and favor are being released. Your healing power flows right now. And I thank you for this word that has been released in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Visit wordalive.org for more content from Word Alive International Outreach.